This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. If you have a copy of God's Word, turn to the Gospel of John and chapter 3. We're going to look at the life of a man named Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Probably the most famous Bible verse in history is John 3, 16. Everybody knows that verse. So this chapter that we're going to look at today has that verse in it, and it talks about a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a very wealthy man, a highly educated man, a very moral man. But Nicodemus had a problem. He was still without the life of God. The title of this message is simply a new life. And the first point I'd like to make in this message is number one, feeling the need. You may be here this morning and you say, I'm feeling the need. I don't know what to do about what I feel. Listen to this message. If you're feeling the need for God, listen closely to this message and parallel your own life with the life of Nicodemus. And it's my prayer that if you have yet received Christ, that today will be your day. Do not die without Christ because there's no second chance. Now is the time, my friend, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says you will be saved. You see, you could be handsome, beautiful, very wealthy, very well known. But every single day when you look in the mirror, you realize I'm getting older. And when you will allow yourself to think about it, you realize one day I'm going to die. My money can't help me. Taking vitamins every day and exercising can't keep me from dying. We're dying daily. So one day we're going to pass away. Our spirit and our soul is going to leave this body. And it's going to go to one of two places the Bible's very clear on. It's going to go to a place called heaven or our spirit and soul is going to go to a place called hell. If you go to heaven, my friend, I got good news for you. It's over with. You're in the direct presence of God forever and ever and ever. There's no calendars. There's no watches. There's no time in heaven. You're there forever, and you don't grow older in heaven. You have the mind of Christ and the body of Christ in heaven. But listen, my friend, I love you, so listen. If you die without Christ, if you keep resisting him, and then you get hit by a car, are shot with a gun. My friend, listen, you cannot come back and do it all over again. The Bible says that you will go immediately to a place of torment, a place called hell, and you can never come out of this. It is as eternal as heaven is. Hell is also that eternal. And the Bible says it's a place of darkness. You can't even see. My friend, listen, don't have a heart attack today without Christ. My friend, listen, it doesn't matter what you get. These things in the world are passing away. You're going to leave it all behind. You'll never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer. You can't take it with you. I did a funeral of a man who was very wealthy, very influential, a very good man. He loved wearing the best shoes available for men. Patent leather, Allen Edmund shoes. But when I did his funeral service, they closed the curtains. 
They opened the casket to take watches and rings and glasses off of him and tie pins and those things to give to the family. When they opened that casket, the man was barefoot and in his underwear. Everything that you could see when you walked by the casket was from the chest up. A nice shirt, nice tie, a tie clip, a pin, and a beautiful tie, and a jacket, even his glasses. But the truth is, he can't take any of those things with him. When you die, your spirit and your soul leaves your body. So let's look at John chapter 3. Let's look at a man named Nicodemus. The first point is feeling the need. Nicodemus went to Jesus because Nicodemus was feeling the need, though he was a wealthy man. He knew something was missing. John chapter 3 verse 1 says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. That means he was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was influential. Nicodemus was an outstanding man. He would be what you would probably call uh, a man who's like a prince, probably one of the three richest men in Jerusalem at that time in his life. In Judaism, you don't really have high positions so much. But in Catholicism, the Catholic Church, the highest position that you could possibly be in would be the Pope in Rome. That's the highest position. The Bishop of Rome is the Pope. But if Judaism had an office like that, like the Catholic Church, Nicodemus probably would be the Pope. That's how influential, that's how wealthy this man was. Now, Nicodemus, if you look at that word, that name in the Greek, it stands for conqueror of the people. So there Nicodemus was, wherever he would go, people would stop and look at him. Even his name meant he's in control of the people. So you, you look to him like a prince. Verse 2 of John 3 says, This man, talking about Nicodemus, he came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, hear this upstanding prince of a man ruler of the people, influential. He's come to Jesus not by day. He's come to Jesus by night. You see, he did not want people to see him asking questions of Jesus as if Jesus had some authority. Or if maybe this man Jesus, what he's teaching, he called him rabbi, teacher, what he's teaching, maybe it is right. See, he didn't won't anybody see him associating with Jesus because if Jesus was an imposter, they may think Nicodemus is being fooled by that carpenter. He did not want that to happen. And so he came to Jesus by night. You say, why did he do it? Why didn't he just stay home? Because he was feeling the need. That's what it was. That's why he went to Jesus. And my prayer is someone here is feeling the need and you're ready to come to Jesus. Now let's look at verse 3 of John 3. Jesus answers and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. My friend, listen, 
You can't go to heaven unless you're born again. You can go to hell if you're not born again. You must be born from above. You must be born again. You see, Jesus is saying, without divine life, no one can see or understand the things that are involved in the spiritual realm. You can be born in the South. Most of us probably were born in the South, not all of us. You could be raised in the buckle of the Bible Belt, which is where we are right now in Memphis, Tennessee. You might have only Christian friends and are at church every time the doors open. You might know your Bible from cover to cover and even the maps. But my friend, listen, if you don't have new life, God's own life, you have yet to be born again, and you do not right now have a home in heaven that can change this morning. You see, Nicodemus, we see he had culture. He had religious education. He had moral training. But listen to what Jesus said. If you fast forward ahead in this chapter, listen to what Jesus said to him. Remember, he's a prince of a man. He's got education. He's got money. He's got influence. He's in control of people. Listen to what Jesus said in verse 10. He said, you do not understand. He said this to Nicodemus, a highly educated man. Jesus said to him, you do not understand. Verse 11, Jesus said to him, you do not accept. I want to ask you, if you're understanding Christ and his cross and his death for your sin, are you still resisting him and are not accepting him? Look at what Jesus said in verse 12. He said, how will you believe? Nicodemus, you don't understand. Nicodemus, you do not accept. Nicodemus, how are you going to believe if you don't understand and if you don't accept? How are you going to believe? That's what Jesus is saying to him, and that's what he's saying to each one of you. It's like this. One man pays no attention to the things of God. He can't wait till the speaker gets finished so he can go eat a bite of lunch. Another man is paying attention. He's feeling the need. He's searching, and he's saying, you mean I'm a sinner? And I need a Savior? I believe that. I'm going to trust Jesus Christ to save me. You can have two different men. One keeps resisting, not thinking about tomorrow. Another man is feeling the need, and he believes and receives Christ. One man goes to hell, one man goes to heaven. The choice is simply yours. You see, the Holy Spirit using the Word we call it the Bible. The Holy Spirit using the Word is the means of the second birth. Jesus said you must be born again or you can't see the kingdom of heaven. God uses the Word. I'm teaching the Word right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're feeling the need. My prayer is that you'll believe this morning. Paul said to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 2.14, listen to what Paul said. He says, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. If you're here this morning and you have yet to believe and you don't even feel the need, my friend, the Bible says you're a natural man. You're without Christ. Your home will be in hell until you begin to feel the need and believe and receive. Paul says, a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually 
appraised. In other words, listen, it takes the Holy Spirit in you to understand the Word of God written by the Holy Spirit. You must be born again. Also, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, he says, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. You know what he's saying? Let me ask you this. Have you ever been around someone and you could tell when you talked about Jesus Christ, when you talked about something from God's word, they weren't paying attention. They were not even the least interested. And they even, maybe they even thought it was foolishness. And said, why why are you reading that? Why are you quoting this to me? It makes no sense. That person is a natural man. He doesn't feel the need. So therefore, he's not believing. He doesn't even have the need. And the truth of the word of God has to be revealed to a man by the Holy Spirit. And so Satan is constantly trying to blind the minds of everybody on earth. There's almost eight billion people on earth. Satan is by far blinding the majority. I feel very led and strengthened by the Holy Spirit to help people see to the point they feel the need and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ because I see people as perishing and I want them very much to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. That's the reason I went to Washington, D.C. and Baltimore with a team to hand out these gospel tracts so people would feel the need and believe and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, get back to our text in John chapter 3. Look at verses 4 and 5. Jesus is having a dialogue with Nicodemus. So Nicodemus, after Jesus was talking, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, that means physically born through the mother. When the mother's uh, water breaks, then the baby's born. Jesus said, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So what Jesus is saying is that man is totally controlled by himself. That's what's wrong with our world. Instead of people that God created, allowing that God who created them to control them, people are controlling themselves, doing what's right in their own mind. And the Bible says that their mind is depraved and they're deceived and their mind is blinded by Satan and his demons. That is what's wrong with the world system. It's not what you're hearing on the news. What you're hearing on the news in these days is a lie straight out of hell. All of us came from Adam and Eve, period. God created us male or female. There is no mistake. God doesn't make anybody any different. Satan, using humans, are deceiving young children to think there's something different. Isn't it interesting? The people who are the ones who are doing this. 
pure evil. And the people who are doing this, if they don't turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, when they die, and they will die, you cannot keep from dying, they're going to go to a place called hell and they'll never be able to come out. My prayer is like Nicodemus, they will see how evil and wicked and witched they are. And they'll bleed before it's too late. My friend, Satan is blinding the minds. And so Jesus is saying that man is totally controlled by himself and without life from God, he cannot break free to enter the kingdom of God. Now look at verse 6 of the Gospel of John in chapter 3. Look at this. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You see, we had nothing to do with our physical birth. When I go to Washington, D.C. and Baltimore and places in the Northeast like New York, and they hear me talking or preaching, they say, where are you from? They know I'm from the South. They can just tell by the way I sound. But this is what I say to them. I'll say, I'm from the same place that you're from. And they look surprised because I don't sound the way they sound. And they'll say, how is that? I said, we both came from the mind of God or we would not be here. Amen? You, my friend, are no mistake. I witnessed to a man right there on the mall in Washington, D.C. I have a video of it, matter of fact. I handed him a gospel tract and he took it and said, thank you. Then he walked about four steps back from me and began to sing an old spiritual hymn. Absolutely beautiful. He was a Christian. And then he shared a little bit of his testimony. He said, I was born out of a rape. But he said, I am no mistake. God uses him in his church. He preaches. He teaches. He sings. God uses him. But he came out of a rape situation. You know what? God knew that before the foundation of the world that he'd be born out of that situation. And he's choosing to be used by God. He's choosing to be used. Instead of seeing himself as a victim, he says, I see myself as a victor. God's given me a beautiful voice to sing. God's anointed me to preach and teach the gospel. And so we see that we had nothing to do with our physical birth and we can't obtain our spiritual birth. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, speaks of our physical and temporary life on earth. That which is born of the spirit is spirit, speaks of our eternal home and position in Christ. So you can do anything you like with the flesh, but it does not turn into the spirit. You can live your life saying, I'm my own man. I'm going to do what I want to do and leave me alone. That's fleshly. That's being controlled by self and not the spirit of God. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 50. He says, now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. You see, Nicodemus, like all of us, he came from the first man, Adam. We inherited a sinful nature, and we can't save ourselves. The reason you have to teach a child how to behave is because they come out of their mother's womb misbehaving. That's called inherited sin from the first man, Adam. The reason we do what we do and feel the way we feel, it all originated 
in the first sin in the Garden of Eden. And then every child that's ever been born, including you and I, were born dead in trespasses and sins with the evil, sinful nature inside. And so, John 3, verse 7, listen to what Jesus said. He said to Nicodemus, Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. He said, don't be amazed. You see, Nicodemus felt a need. Nicodemus moved toward Jesus. The second point I'd like to make is this. Not only feeling the need, the second thing is this, taking the step. I'm going to ask you to take a step this morning. Taking the step. Look at the most famous verse in the Bible right now, John 3.16. Jesus talking to Nicodemus. Jesus said he was talking about God the Father, and he was talking about himself, God the Son. Jesus said, for God so loved the world. So when you hear preachers preaching like they're mad all the time, remember this, God is love. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So remember that God is love. And God is very patient with us. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You must believe. My friend, listen. You feel the need, and then you believe. Look at verse 8 of John 3. Let's go back and look at verse 8 in John 3. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. My friend, listen. You can't see the wind, but you can hear it, and you can see the activity of the wind in the trees, but you can't see the wind. My friend, listen. You can't see the Holy Spirit, but you can see the activity of the Holy Spirit in a person, and you can also see a lack of the Holy Spirit in a person. Someone who curses every other breath, even when women are present, and then they say, hallelujah, I'm a child of God, I doubt it seriously. My friend, listen, if the Spirit of God is in you, He changes you from the inside out, and it shows you can't see His Spirit, but you can see the activity of the Spirit in people's lives. I want to read something. A very godly man named John Phillips, he wrote a series of commentaries called the Exploring Series, and I knew him personally. He's in heaven now. I want to read what John Phillips says about John chapter 3, verse 8, where it talks about the wind blows where it wishes. I want to read what he said in his commentary. The wind has its own laws. It is not answerable to human demands and dictates. Its paths are mysterious. Its path are apt to change without notice. It is no accident that in Greek and Hebrew, the words for wind are spirit are identical. The Lord's comparison of the ways of the spirit and the way of the wind was apt. The laws of both are known only to a very small degree. Both are visible. Both can be sensed. And the presence of both is revealed in their effects. The action of the spirit, the Holy Spirit, on the soul of sinner and saint is analogous to the action of the wind in the natural world. As the branches of a tree betray the passing of the wind, so do a person's thoughts, words, and deeds reveal that an invisible force has influenced him or her. 
The wind can blow gently or with gale force. It can bring rain, tempest, and storm, or it can drive the clouds away. The wind of the Spirit was blowing into the soul of Nicodemus that night. He was feeling the drawing to Christ. Some of you are feeling that now. The wind of the Spirit was blowing into the soul of Nicodemus that night, but it was not at his beck and call. He had better bow before its gentle influence before it departed, perhaps forever. It is imperative that when the Holy Spirit is visiting a soul, in convicting, converting, regenerating, and renewing power, the soul respond while yet it can. You see, a worldly and haughty woman, and suddenly she becomes a quiet and meek woman of prayer and Bible study. Have you ever seen a man or a woman completely haughty, sensual, evil, and wicked? And then they begin to feel drawn to Christ and His Word. And they begin to listen and pay attention instead of seeing it as foolishness. And they believe and ask him to come into their heart. And he does. Though you can't see the spirit, you begin to see the activity of the spirit in that man or woman. You must be born again. You must be born from above. And if it's real, my friend, it shows. You see a godless man changed into a saint. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. But you see the power visibly in the changed life. Uh, listen to what the Lord Jesus said. He's speaking about the Lord Jesus here in Genesis 6, 3. My spirit shall not strive with man forever because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his day shall be 120 years. My friend, listen, you must be born again. You're not going to live forever. Acts chapter 7 verse 51 says, You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. That was said in Acts. Don't do what your father did if he wasn't a man of God. Let it change with you. Let the Spirit of God control you and change you from the inside out. Now look at verses 14 and 15 of John chapter 3. He gives an illustration of something that happened back in the Old Testament days. Jesus said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. Back in the day of Moses, there was no such thing as dying on a cross. But Moses lifted up a bronze serpent, and if people would look at it and believe, they would find faith in Christ. Their sins would be atoned for. They were accounted as righteous men and women. Fast forward to the New Testament, to Jerusalem, when Jesus died on a cross. That is a picture of what Moses did and what God did with Moses in the Old Testament. What Jesus is saying is this, I am going to the cross, and there on that cross I will become the antitype of that brass serpent. There I will be made sin in order that sinners may become the righteousness of God through faith in me. You see, the poison of the serpents out in the wilderness was in the blood of the dying Israelites. They were dying because the snake bites and the poison now was flowing through their bloodstreams. 
It was sin that caused the trouble for humanity. So what you do, you see a picture here. Just like a snake bites you, puts his poison in your bloodstream, you begin to die. You and I came from Adam and Eve. When he sinned, the Bible says we all sinned because we came from Adam. We're born with sin. The poison of sin is in us, not in our blood veins, but in our spirit. And so the serpent in the wilderness was a type of Satan. It's a picture of Satan. The serpent that was lifted up that the people looked to had no poison in it. It was a picture of the great sin offering. Jesus became our sin. When the people looked at it, they were healed. Jesus had no sin in him, but in grace, he took the sinner's place, which is you and me. And when people look to him in faith, they are born again. They have eternal life. So here's the question. Have you looked to him? Like Nicodemus, are you feeling the need? Like Nicodemus, are you ready to take the step? Look at verse 15 of John 3. Jesus said, so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. My friend, when you believe, you receive the Holy Spirit in you. And if you will not try to be in control and let him control you, everything in your life is going to turn right back upright. And you're going to say, I should have done this long, long ago. It'll change everything about you. People will be drawn to Christ in you. God will use you in a remarkable way. But guess what? You're still going to physically die. But here's the good news. When you die, it'll be absent from these bodies and present with the Lord. Present with the Lord. 1 John chapter 5, verse 12 says, He who has the Son has the life. But listen to this. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. Do you have new life in you? That's the question. Third and last thing is this. We've talked about the feeling the need. Nicodemus felt the need. He went at night, but he had to go to Jesus to see if, if he was real. And then he believed. Third thing is this, seeing the signs. Feeling the need, taking the step, and lastly, seeing the signs. John chapter 3, let's look at verse 11. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen and you do not accept our testimony. Listen to what Jesus said. If you go back in the Gospel of John to chapter 7, I'm going to read verses 37 through 51. Listen to what Jesus said. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Feeling the need of thirst, taking a step, come to me and drink of him. Believe in him. Verse 38 of John 7, He who believes in me, as the Scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. My friend, listen, when you believe and receive Christ, you get the Holy Spirit. And he is like an artesian well inside of you. If you'll tell yourself no and tell him yes over and over again, it's just like taking a drink. If a man takes a drink, then the drink takes the man. If a man believes on the Lord Jesus Christ and asks him to come to his heart, the Holy Spirit takes the man. One's temporary, one's eternal. Which one are you going to do? Verse 39, Jesus speaking, but this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Verse 40, some of the people, therefore, when they heard these words, were saying, this certainly is the prophet. Talking about 
what the Old Testament said, that there was going to be a coming Messiah, a coming prophet one day. They're saying Jesus is the one that the Old Testament told us about. And so others were saying, this is the Christ. Still others were saying, surely the Christ is not going to come from Galilee, is he? Verse 42, has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the descendants of David and from Bethlehem in the village where David was? So a division occurred in the crowd because of him. Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees and said to them, Why did you not bring him? The officers answered, Never has a man spoken the way this man speaks. The Pharisees then answered them, You have not also been led astray, have you? No, one of the rulers or Pharisees has believed in him, has he? But this crowd which does not know the law is accursed. You see, Nicodemus, he who came to him before being one of them said to them, Our law does not judge a man unless it first hears from him and knows what he is doing. Does it? So the crowd couldn't get him arrested, couldn't do anything at this point because the timing was not right. So what about Nicodemus? Well, I close with this verse. John chapter 19, verses 39 through 40. Two verses here. Listen to this. Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, he felt the need. He took the step. Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and alloys, about a hundred pounds of weight. You know what's happening here? Nicodemus came to Jesus. Days went by. Jesus was crucified on the cross. Jesus was buried in the tomb. And now this Nicodemus, this prince of a man, this wealthy man, one of the wealthiest people in all of Jerusalem, very influential, well-known, he came to Jesus, he took the step, he believed, and now he so believed in him, because remember, he would have watched the crucifixion probably from a distance. And now Jesus is dead. And so what does Nicodemus do? He brings about a hundred pounds, we're talking weight here, with a mixture of myrrh and alloys. In other words, they use that in burying people, wealthy people. Verse 40, John 19, So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen wrappings with the spices that Nicodemus gave. A hundred pounds, as is the burial custom of the Jews. My friend, listen. Are you having a feeling? You need to step out and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And my friend, listen. When you do this, there will be signs when people are around you they'll know that you've been with Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.